Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Colossians. Today is episode 604. We're looking at Colossians chapter 4, verses 10 through 14. Let's read a passage. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, sends you greetings, as does Mark, Barnabas's cousin, concerning whom you have received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And so does Jesus, who is called Justice. These alone of the circumcised are my co-workers for the kingdom of God, and they have been a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, sends you greetings. He is always wrestling for you in his prayers, so that you can stand mature and fully assured in everything God wills. For I testify about him that he works hard for you, for those in Laodicea, for those in Hierapolis. Luke, the dearly loved physician, and Demas send you greetings. This is Paul's letter to the church in Colossae. He's been dealing with a problem in the Colossian church. So he's finished all the issues of the problem itself and what they should do instead. They should get their eyes off of these other things they're looking at to be more spiritual and focus on Christ and Christ alone. And now he's in the conclusion. The conclusion breaks up into three parts. Last time we looked at the part where he talked about those that he was sending to Colossae from Rome in verses 7 and 9. And that's Tychicus, who's carrying the leather, and Onesimus, the slave who's returning to Philemon. This section, 10 through 14, is greetings from the people with Paul in Rome to the Colossians. And then the last part that we'll deal with next time in verses 13 to 18 is Paul's personal greetings to the people in Colossae. So verse 10, he begins with Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, sends you greetings. Aristarchus, we see a few places in the New Testament. We know he's a native of Thessalonica, so likely he came to Christ on Paul's second missionary journey when he first came to Thessalonica. We read about him in Acts 19, verse 29. While Paul was in Ephesus on his third missionary journey, Aristarchus was there when there was this riot. Acts 19 says, at about that time, there was a major disturbance about that way. And it's talking about the silversmiths, the threat to the, the goddess Artemis. And when they heard this, they were filled with rage, began to cry out, great is Artemis of the Ephesians. So the city was filled with confusion and they rushed all together into the amphitheater, dragging along Gaius and Aristarchus. Macedonians who were Paul's traveling companions. So there we see that Aristarchus is from Macedonia. Aristarchus was the one, well, one of the two grabbed by this mob and dragged into the amphitheater. Paul wanted to go, but his other companions held him back and wouldn't let him go out there. So that's where we see Aristarchus. Then we see him again in the next chapter, in chapter 20 of Acts, verse 4 where Paul is leaving the area, starting to head back to Jerusalem with the collection. It says he was accompanied by Sopater, son of Pyrrhus from Berea, Aristarchus and Secundus from Thessalonicus, Gaius from Derby, Timothy and Tychicus, and Trophimus from the province of Asia. So here we see specifically that Aristarchus is from Thessalonica. But 
along with uh, Secundus from Thessalonica, they have been sent by the church to accompany Paul with the collection back to Jerusalem. Then we see him again in Acts 27, when Paul is appealed to Caesar and is sent to Rome under guard. Luke tells us, when we had boarded a ship of Adratium, we put to sea, intending to sail to ports along the coast of Asia. Aristarchus, a Macedonian of Thessalonica, was with us. So we see Aristarchus leaving Caesarea with Paul on a ship bound for Rome. Now, we don't know whether he went the whole way to Rome with Paul or when they got to the mainland of Asia and shifted to another ship. We don't know if he then traveled by land or went back to Thessalonica or went all the way with Paul to Rome. The implication is he went all the way to Rome with Paul because here he is with Paul in Rome. The long journey to Rome and then two years under house arrest in Rome. And that's when Paul's writing this letter. Aristarchus is there with him. And he continues in verse 10, talking about Mark. He says, so Aristarchus sends you greetings, as does Mark, Barnabas's cousin, concerning whom you've received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. Now, we know who Mark is. Mark is the one who accompanied Paul and Barnabas on their first missionary journey. They went part way, then he turned back. And Paul felt that he had deserted them. So when they started to go on their second missionary journey, Paul and Barnabas were going to go visit the churches they had founded earlier. Barnabas wanted to take Mark. And Paul said, no, I, I will not take Mark. And it was such a disagreement that Paul and Barnabas split. So Barnabas took Mark and went, we don't know where. And Paul took Silas and went on the second missionary journey. Now it seems that there's been reconciliation with Mark. He is with Paul in Rome and seems to be a valued part of Paul's ministry there. Now he identifies him as Barnabas's cousin, as if Barnabas is known to the church in Colossae. So we know that Barnabas and Paul initially went to the region of Asia, much further east than where Colossae is, but where Barnabas went on later journeys, we don't know, but seems to be that they know who Barnabas is. In verse 11, and so does Jesus, who is called Justice. We know nothing about him. This is the only place he's mentioned, and he's just part of Paul's team there in Rome. He continues, says, these alone of the circumcised are my co-workers for the kingdom of God, and they've been a comfort to me. So these three, Aristarchus, Mark, and Jesus, they are Jews. He says, these alone of the circumcised, meaning they were born Jews. They're now Christians, but they're the only Jewish Christians with Paul in Rome. He talks about how they've been his good co-workers for the kingdom and been a great comfort to him. Now he shifts gears. So those are the Jewish Christians who are with Paul. Verse 12, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, sends you greetings. Well, we've seen Epaphras before. He was mentioned in Colossians 1, 7, as the one who had taught them their basic doctrine. Likely, Epaphras encountered 
Paul in Ephesus when Paul was there on his third missionary journey and then took the gospel to Colossae and the neighboring towns and actually was the founder of the church in Colossae. We don't know that for sure, but it seems likely just based on the language that Paul used back in chapter 1. Harry says, who is one of you? So this is how we know Epaphras is from Colossae. He is a Colossian himself. He's identified as a servant of Christ Jesus. Now, the word servant is the word doulos, which can be translated as slave, slave of Jesus. There's only three people Paul uses that term of, servant of Christ Jesus. Himself, Timothy, and Epaphras. So this says something about Epaphras, of how much he is a part of Paul's team there. That he uses this designation that he only other people use that for himself and Timothy. Now, in verse 10, he said Aristarchus was my fellow prisoner. In Philemon, wrapping up Philemon, verse 24, he says Epaphras is my fellow prisoner. There's a debate over what that actually means. Does that mean they're actually under arrest like Paul is? Or are they voluntarily staying with Paul as if they were prisoners being part of Paul's ministry? I go along with the latter. I, I think Aristarchus and Epaphras, he calls them his fellow prisoners. That They're there as his voluntary companions, perhaps even passing themselves off to the Romans as Paul's servants so that they can actually be in the household with Paul. And then this whole area, we don't get any doctrine or theological instruction through these parts, but we do get a sense of what's going on with Paul, what Paul's team looks like, and, and the kind of people he's working with. So Epaphras, he's a fellow prisoner. Is he in Philemon? He's a servant of Christ Jesus. He sends you greetings. And he continues talking about Epaphras. He's always wrestling for you in his prayers that you can stand mature and fully assured in everything God wills. So he is a faithful one in prayer, praying for the people in Colossae. It continues, verse 13, For I testify about him, he works hard for you, for those in Laodicea and for those in Hierapolis. These are the cities of the Lycus Valley, Colossae, Laodicea, and Hierapolis. They're about 10 miles apart. But just the language, he works hard for you. The implication, a lot of people believe that maybe these churches, these three churches, have pooled their resources and sent Epaphras to Rome to assist Paul, and they're basically sponsoring him, providing the support for Epaphras. So that's why he's working for them. He's working on their behalf, assisting Paul in his ministry. It finishes up in verse 14. Luke, the dearly loved physician, and Demas send you greetings. Luke, the physician, we know he wrote the book of Acts. He wrote the Gospel of Luke. We know he traveled with Paul on a significant part of Paul's ministry that we see in the book of Acts. We know some things about Luke. Demas is mentioned in Philemon 24 just as another person with Paul. He's mentioned again in 2 Timothy. Now, 2 Timothy is probably six or seven years after this. And in 2 Timothy, chapter 4, verse 10, Paul says, 
make every effort to come to me, because Demas has deserted me, since he loved this present world and has gone to Thessalonica. There we get a rest of the story on Demas. He ends up deserting Paul later on, years down the road, because he loved the present world. But things just got too hard following Paul, being a part of Paul's life and Paul's struggles, or what the whole deal is, we don't really know, but Paul said, he's deserted me. So these are the people with Paul who are sending their greetings to the church in Colossae. We had looked at the people that Paul had sent physically, Tychicus and Onesimus. Here we see people with Paul who are sending their greetings. Next time we'll close out the letter to the Colossians and see Paul's personal greetings himself to the people of Colossae. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Colossians 